Chapter 13 So maybe now is the time to run and hide, Turtle thought. Back to the kingdom of the sea, back to the anonymity of his pack of brothers, back to a world so distant that Dark Sucker might never come there, back to the only place that might be safe, at least for a little while. This was too big for him to handle. He sort of had Kibli, but what if something happened to Kibli or Darkstalker figured out how to ensnare him again? Turtle could end up as the only dragon emperor who saw Darkstalker the way he really was. And then what? Spend the rest of his life as the unbalanced, invisible dragon, trying to convince his friends that they were bewitched by a sinister magician? The Mad Prophet of Doom. Not exactly the role I ever saw myself in. But the alternative was coward who sits and wait for the inevitable apocalypse. If he scurried off back to the ocean, would anyone ever notice that Dark Stalker, what Darkstalker was doing? Would anyone, would anyone ever be able to stop him? So if he couldn't run away and he couldn't change anyone's mind, and he couldn't fight Darkstalker himself, what could he do? I need help. He touched the cord of his pouch tied around his neck. Should he write to Kibley? Ask him to come here. He could feel his worrying reflex kicking him into action. His scales felt hot and clammy at the same time. Was he sure that Kibley was free of any Darkstalker spells? What if Darkstalker had enchanted his magic to be irreversible, even by other magic? Or what if he had enchanted Kibley to stay at Jade Mountain, so seeing him in the rainforest would make him suspicious? Everything Kibley did might give Darkstalker a clue that his spell wasn't working on him anymore. Turtle's safety would be in danger if Kibley and Darkstalker spent too much time near each other. I wish I could get his advice, though. Turtle drops his talents frustrated. Too bad the slates didn't work both ways. Thanks to me for being a short-sighted idiot again. Who else could help him? I need someone who hasn't met Darkstalker yet. Someone who believe me. Someone who can actually be the hero. His mother? Would Queen Glory believe? Sorry, would Queen, Queen Coral believe him if he went to, to her with the story? Would she be able or willing to fight Darkstalker? They couldn't really imagine her trusting him that much. And if she did and brought the sea beings out to fight Darkstalker, wouldn't that put Turtle's entire tribe in danger? So perhaps one of the other queens, Glacier, Ruby, Morhen, or Thorn? Would any of them listen to a sea wing? And wouldn't they fall under Darkstalker's spell the moment they met him? Not to mention, in order to convince them the story was true, he'd have to tell them everything. As in, oh yes, and I'm an animus, everything. He shuddered and his hold on the coral loosened, and it darted forward in a flash and bopped Queen Glory on the side of her tail. She started. She turned to stare at him. What was that? Nothing, nothing, he said. My town slipped, sorry. She raised one eye. You are one odd dragon turtle. That's what my friends tell me, he said, and his friends rose up in his mind, and a possibility shot through him, shining with hope. Your Majesty, he said, may I ask, how is King Kaju doing? I don't know, Glory said, her wings drooping. The healers can't understand why she hasn't woken up yet. They don't know what to do for her. We all thought that when she was back in the rainforest, around the smells and sounds and sun, that she'd get, grow up and she'd... Back in the rainforest? Turtle interrupted. She's here? Of course, Queen Glory flickered to hail, knocking loose a shower of yellow blossoms. I wasn't going to leave her alone on the other side of the continent. The healers got back with her yesterday. Can I see her? Turtle asked. His claws were tinkling. Kinkaju hadn't met Darkstalker. Kinkaju would believe him. He could trust her with his secret. And Kinkaju was much more cut out of heroism than he was. 
Gora gave him directions to the healer's pavilion, not far away, tucked into a little alcove of the rainforest that seemed even more peaceful than the rest of the village. Turtle could smell healing herbs and oranges as he flew to the opening. Inside, sunlight poured through the rooms from skylights that had been opened in the roof. A pair of pale blue healers were asleep in one corner. Another was neatly folding co- was neatly folding cobwebs and moss into bundles as one of the on one of the shelves. She looked up as Turtle came in, but seemed only mildly surprised to see Seawing in her pavilion. She set one wing toward the bed where King Oju slept, and Turtle nodded, unconsciously flashing her sca- his scales in aquatic. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. King Oju lay in a sunbeam that outlined every scale with gold. She was as still as white as an ice wing, white being the color of pain or shock on the rain wings. But in the sun, it was the white of opals, jeweled and glinted with hints of colors, pearl pink and sparkling green. It wasn't the color of her scales that made her look so unlike King Oju. It was her complete stillness. Turtle had never seen King Oju still sit still for a moment, even in class. Her wings were always twitching, her claws fidgeting, or her face would make sideways expressions at him or Moon. What did he say? I knew that was the answer. Is it time to eat yet? Are you starving? I'm starving. Isn't school amazing? Turtle sat down beside her and curled his tail in. He missed her in the way that filled him with heavy seaweed from nose to tail. He knew this was ridiculous. He didn't even know her that well. They had barely four days at Jade Mountain before everything went wrong, before King Kaju left to find Winter's brother defeat Scarlet, and save the world from Moon's prophecy, while Turtle chose to slink back to the safety of the school instead. That was exactly why he needed her. Kingaju, he whispered, can you hear me? I need you to wake up. Knowing Kingaju, he half expected her to open her eyes and joke, oh well, if you needed me then, sure. I was just taking a really long nap, but let's go fight some bad guys. She didn't, though. He'd already tried this back in possibility, but now he fumbled his healing riverstone out of his pouch. His stupid, short-sighted enchantment that only healed surface wounds. So he brushed it lightly on King Aju's bruised spine, over the bandages on her broken ribs, and gently across around her fractured skull. Impossibility, they watched the bruises fade, and all their scrapes and cuts disappear. But it didn't work any deeper, and King Aju did not wake up. This time wasn't any different. King Aju still lay quietly, quietly breathing, eyes closed. Turtle had wanted to enchant something right then that what could wake her up, but he was afraid that one of Possibility's doctors would notice, and Moon had been worried for his soul. She suggested waiting two more days, at least, to see if King Oju woke up on her own, but then they'd flown to find Peril, which had led them to the scroll, and then the release of Darkstalker, and now here they were, and now he couldn't use magic to help her. He crushed a bright red-orange flower between his claws, frustrated. If only he'd been brave and stubborn enough to heal her earlier, but then... She would have met Darkstalk along with everyone else. She'd be under a spell, too. King Kaju, he said sternly. Enough sleeping. Time to get up and save the world. No reaction. You know, you've always wanted to, he wheedled. Think of how impressed Queen Glory will be. And you'll all you have to do is wake up and figure out how to stop the most powerful dragon in the history of Puria. No problem, right? No reaction from King Kaju. But he got a very odd look from the healer at the other end of the pavilion. All right, he couldn't talk her awake and he couldn't use his magic wait he couldn't use his magic turtle thought for a long time his brow furrowed into serious wrinkles five iridescent purple butterflies settled on his tail and fluttered serene and fluttered serene butterflies 
thoughts at one another without him even noticing they were there. Finally, Turtle blinked and sat up, scattering indigo wings in all directions. He had a plan. Possibly a terrible plan, but the only one he could think of. He flew out of the pavilion, using his coral again to navigate the rainforest and find his way back to an enemy. The seeming princess was swimming in a pool, several lengths upstream from Darkstalker's gathering. Her pale shape flickered like a dolphin below the water, in and out of shadows. Turtle landed with a squelch in the mud and let the coolness sink into his talons. He waited for her to surface. Oh, hi, she said cheerfully when she finally saw him. I was wondering where you are. Darkstalker's stories were great, but I'm kind of not interested in the ancient Nightwing history. Blah, blah, eight million years ago, they had a cool library. Yawn. I was like, so what were the seavings up to back then? And then he was all like getting massacred. So that was cheerful. I would say come on in, but I should warn you, they're all kind of weird sticky plants under the surface here. Thanks. Anyway, Turtle said. Hey, none of me. Is it true you can do as many spells as you want now? Yep. His sister ducked under the water and surfaced again, shooting a spray of water at a grumpy-looking frog on the riverbank. Thanks to my cool, enchanted silver necklace. She tapped the collar with one claw. I'm going to do so many spells, it'll be like the sea is full of magic. I can rebuild a summer palace, or make us a new palace, maybe. I can stop hurricanes. I can make Uncle Shrug's scales turn bright pink and all his teeth fall out. Hmm. I can enchant every pearl in the ocean to come rolling up to our door. Oh, Turtle said, bewildered by this rush of ideas. But the pearl divers like their drops. It's just an example, Turtle, an enemy said scornfully. I'm just saying, when we get home, there are things things are going to be pretty different in the Kingdom of Sea. You're not going to try to take the throne, are you? He asked. He hadn't quite thought ahead of what might happen if Queen Enemy decided to use her magic against their mother in a challenge duel. It didn't seem fair, although Queen Goro had sometimes defeated Orca, who it turned out to be an animus too, but a secret one, like me. Not yet, an enemy said with a laugh. I want to have a bit more fun before I get struck in a boring old palace and making decisions all day. And I want to learn everything Darkstalker could teach me about being an animus. Isn't he cool? Don't you feel like an idiot for being so worried? Right, Turtle glanced at him, realizing that Darkstalker might come looking for an enemy any moment now. So, since you're super powerful now, could you do something for me? An irritated look briefly flitted across an enemy's face, and Turtle winced, knowing exactly how she felt. Other dragons wanted to use a magic. It was like they were asking to wear your scales. Like what? An enemy asked. It's King Kaju, Turtle said. I wouldn't ask for me, but she's really hurt and she won't wake up, and I'm afraid only magic can save her. Oh, an enemy said, her frown clearing like the tide pulling away from the beach. Aw, you want me to save the cute little ring you're in love with? I'm not in love with her, Turtle protested, but she's, you know, she's awesome, and I just want her to get better. I can totally do that, an enemy said gleefully, splashing out of the pool toward him. He bobbed her lightly with his wriggling coral as she went by, but she didn't notice. But I am going to tease you about it forever. You think she's cute? You totally love her. Anemone! Turtle swatted at her with his tail, and she danced away, giggling. In the palace, Anemone had been a distant figure, always attached to the queen by a harness. She was never allowed to wander freely or associate, or associate with her rough-and-tumble brothers. Turtle had only known her as the beloved princess who got all his mother's love. He'd seen her at royal gatherings and at Queen Goro's scroll readings, sitting quietly beside her, soaking up all the attention. But then Tsunami came and caught the assassin, and a new princess finally hatched, and an enemy was released from the harness at last. 
She began visiting her brothers out of curiosity, and Turtle watched her closely, wondering what her life was like as a known animus. She seemed funny and happy most of the time, but there was a dark streak to some of her jokes, along with an imperious certainty that she deserved all of her princess privileges. It worried him, and it worried him more than he it worried him more the more he found he liked her. All right, take me to your sleeping beauty, an enemy said dramatically. Oh, brother. He tucked the turtle's head, rolling his eyes. He tucked the quarrel back into its pouch, lifting off into the trees. And then he followed him, singing, Turtle and Kingajoo flying in the sky, getting all K-I-S-S-Y. He clapped his talons over his ears and kept them there the rest of the way to the Raymond village. An enemy fell silent as they crossed the threshold into the healer's pavilion. She gazed around at the other patients, a ramming with a head wound and a nightwing with a jagged tear on one of his wings. Both of them were unconscious, probably tranquilized. Turtle wondered if their injuries made an enemy think of all the wounded sea wings who had survived the war and the bombing on Summer Palace. Maybe instead of collecting pearls and turning their unfriendly uncle shades of Ferusha, an enemy might think about healing some of her fellow dragons instead. Not that I'm one to judge. How many dragons have I ever helped with my magic? Turtle stopped next to Kingaju and then we went around to her other side, sung the pale little ring ring. Kingaju was older than an enemy, but they were not very different in size. An enemy lifted one of Kingaju's drooping talons. Wow, she said softly. She does look terrible. I'm sorry for teasing you, Turtle. Oh, good, he said. I mean, I'm going to keep doing it, she added, but not until she's well again. Okay, let me think about this for a minute. An enemy scratched her up her throat. Oops, I was supposed to tell Darkstalker if I decided to do any more spells. He doesn't really want me to try new things on my own yet. Seriously, said Turtle, haven't you been doing your spells your whole life? That's true, said Nemi. And, I mean, what does he care if I kill some random raiming, right? Exactly, said Turtle. He held his breath. I'll tell him about it when we get back, an enemy said, flicking one of her wings and start starting a cluster of dragonflies in the leaf room. What are you going to enchant? Turtle asked, exhaling with relief. An enemy glanced around dubiously at the flowery vines and leaves and the wooden bowls of herbs are all around all the biodegradable rainforest things that wouldn't last very long. Her eyes fell on a black leather pouch that was tied around Kinkaju's ankle. Maybe something in here, she said, poking it open. Wait, Turtle said, started to say, but already Kinkaju's library cart was tumbling into Nenmi's palm, along with one of the Skyrify rocks from Turtle's armband, a gift to protect her thoughts from Moon, or any mind reader, although Nenmi had no way of knowing that. Her sister peered at the rock for a moment, then looked up to him with wide eyes, apparently noticing the holes in his armband for the first time. Ha! You gave her one of your rocks from the sky, she crowed. You love her so much. Can we please get on with this, he demanded. It was going to be a hilarious day whenever she discovered that he'd also given mashing rocks to Winter and Kibley. Well, this should work, she said, curling her claws around the star-speckled rock. She opened her She closed her eyes. This is it, turtle. One chance. Perfect timing. Right? Now. I chant this rock to heal Kinkajou of all her injuries so she can wake up and be as happy and healthy as she's ever been, said an enemy. And at the same moment, Turtle thought with all his might, I chant this sky fire to make an Kinkajou immune to any spell Darkstalker has ever or will ever cast, and enchant it to make her completely insignificant in his eyes, not worth thinking about, not visible in his futures, not in any way a threat to him. He wasn't sure how many times over you can enchant an object, or if one animus touch might cancel out another, so he ha- added hurriedly, and enchanted to heal all her injuries as well. This was the key, casting a spell in the same moment as enemies. 
He didn't know the details of Darkstalker's warning system, but he hoped one spell could would obscure another, like like Kibley's thought. He considered the phrasing of his spell as carefully as he could, borrowing Kibley's words and adding more of his own. He hoped Darkstalker would forgive an enemy for using his her spell to help Kinkajou. That's why that was why he couldn't hide Kinkajou the way he hid himself, and he hoped Darkstalker wouldn't think too hard about what else might have happened there. An enemy opened her eyes and gave Turtle a sly smile. And while we're at it, she said, her voice playful, I also enchant this rock to make King Ajou love Turtle just as much as he loves her.